Hello, and welcome to the All Things ADHD podcast from Chad's National Resource Center on ADHD. My name is Liam Tolbert, and I will be your guest host for today's podcast. And just a little introduction to myself. Uh, I'm a 19-year-old college student at the University of Virginia, and I'm here with Dr. Eugene Arnold, and he's going to talk to me about transitioning to adulthood for ADHD teenagers. Uh, Dr. Arnold, can you introduce yourself for us, please? I'm a a child and adolescent psychiatrist uh, who's been doing research in ADHD and its treatments for about 50 years. Uh, I'm currently the CHADS uh, resident expert and professor emeritus of psychiatry and behavioral health at Ohio State University. So I have some questions prepared. First point of the day I want to get to is what are some of the tasks for healthcare that young adults will need to be responsible for? Well, one thing is managing doctor appointments, remembering to go. Of course, uh, doctor's offices are pretty good now about sending reminders to people, but uh, being able to get there on time. Time management has been a problem for a lot of uh, young adults with ADHD. Also remembering to take medication at the appropriate times. Uh, Again, the time management and uh, organization issues. And then adhering to the treatment plan, whether it's medication or behavioral treatment or whatever it may be. Uh, Some of the new treatments involve apps uh, on a smartphone, uh, which is helpful but you have to remember to set those up. And then the communication with the healthcare providers is also important, whether it involves calling in or sending an email or uh, sending uh, a message to uh, like uh, my chart, uh, the um, program that, that many medical centers have set up where uh, patients and doctors can communicate. Another issue, of course, these days is health insurance. Um, A lot of change in that over time, um, uh, one direction and then another. And so it's a a challenge sometimes to just have the insurance coverage uh, to pay for the health care unless you happen to be wealthy enough for self-pay, which most people would not have. What are the symptoms of ADHD that could interfere with taking care of one's health? One thing is, of course, uh, being able to pay attention to what you're doing. And this has implications several ways. One is uh, possible accidents that may occur uh, through uh, not watching what you're doing. Another is uh, to be able to... uh, Remember, hear and remember the directions for what you were supposed to be doing with your treatment and noticing the fine print on the uh, handouts that the pharmacy might give you or that the uh, clinician might give you for what you should be doing in the interim. These are called executive function issues um, and essentially it involves being able to plan your work and work your plan to uh, decide what you need to do, to figure out how to do it, to get the things together that you need to carry out the the task and uh, to avoid distractions uh, or uh, 
uh, and regulate and to regulate the impulses that might interfere with completing what you're doing. There's also a tendency for novelty seeking in ADHD, uh, which could increase risk taking, and uh, that again could uh, increase the possibility of accidents. There are coexisting conditions that often go with ADHD. It also might be a problem. Uh, things like um, anxiety uh, or depression, mood disorders that can either take away the motivation or distract a person from uh, doing what they need to do, uh, possibly making a person anxious about certain things. Uh, like a, a given treatment, particularly medication, worrying about the side effects, therefore uh, not taking it consistently. Uh, there's been some recent research showing adults with ADHD have about a 10-year shorter lifespan, at least without treatment, because of things like not, not adhering to their doctor's advice about things like high blood pressure or diabetes or dietary intake, things like that. Uh, so these kind of things have implications not only for management of ADHD symptoms, but also for general health. Those are very good points, um, especially the part about the increased risk-taking part, actually. For me, I actually have ADHD, so I can relate a lot to what you're saying. I was also looking at what are other barriers to accessing good health care for uh, transitioning adults? Well, one problem is that for a long time, ADHD was considered a child disorder, or maybe children and adolescents. And consequently, doctors who don't see children tended not to worry about it and, and not to notice it. So that we have very few doctors specialize in ADHD care among adults. It's much more available for children. The, the same thing applies, of course, to the, uh, what we now call emerging adults, the age from uh, high school graduation through college, which is kind of an extended adolescence for many people. And doctors uh, who treat adults aren't set up to do the kind of uh, what you might call hand-holding. They tend to expect people to take responsibility for carrying out whatever the treatment recommendation is. So it might be necessary for a young adult to find a substitute for that, either in a roommate or a partner or uh, even an ADHD coach who can help them to organize for their own good, for their, for their health. Um, but yeah, it definitely makes sense that you kind of have to manage everything on your own. And it's just a, it's a pretty difficult transition, especially for someone with, with ADHD. So yes. Next in line is how can parents help their emerging adults towards independence in taking care of their health? Well, first of all, I think it's important to note that the transition is difficult, not only for people with ADHD, but for everybody. Uh, taking on the increased independence, um, adulting as they now call it. This uh, can create anxiety and uh, problems for anyone, uh, but it's accentuated for someone who has the executive function deficits uh, that go with ADHD. The preparation for adult responsibilities has to start 
not just in adolescence, but in childhood, uh, giving children increased responsibility for things like managing some money so that they learn from experience. If I spend on this, I won't have money for that. The, the school of hard knocks, you might say, in a kind of a protected environment where uh, there's a safety net uh, and uh, the results are not disastrous, but uh, painful enough to learn from experience. Raising any child uh, should be seen as an 18-year project, making a child into an adult who can be responsible for themselves, uh, but still uh, on friendly terms. And this this means giving increasing levels of responsibility each year, each month even, to the extent that the individual can manage it. And being able to help them pick up if they fall down and uh, start over again. People learn from mistakes. They, they need to make some mistakes, learn from that. One of the important roles for parents is to help a, a, an adolescent or younger child or, or even an emerging adult to learn from the mistake rather than be discouraged by it. Here's a learning opportunity. You had a chance to try this out, see how it worked, and now you know what to do the next time. Uh, second to last point I wanna to get to is, uh, for the college student, how can their colleges or universities themselves help them with their own healthcare? Uh, many universities now do have programs for ADHD and uh, other uh, challenged students, um, for example, with learning disorders, which is not an unusual coexisting problem for people with ADHD. We get to the issue of accommodations here. For example, being able to record lectures, listen to them again afterwards, uh, repetition helps with learning. Additional time to take tests is sometimes provided. Uh, although there's some question about whether that's really useful. Uh, some recent research has, has suggested that maybe the additional time is, is kind of frittered away and not really used to uh, complete the test or do or perform better in it. Uh, issuing of class notes is useful for everybody, but particularly maybe for uh, people with ADHD. The Student Health Service may have a program for people with ADHD. If somebody is attending college away from home, they may need a local prescriber, for example, or they may need a local ADHD coach. Those may be accessed through student health or may not be. And if they're not, then it may involve a little bit of looking around, perhaps getting referral from uh, to someone from uh, the hometown clinician or coach. And trying to find a support group is useful. Maybe other people with ADHD, about 5% of adults have ADHD. So there should be quite a few on any college campus. And now that the pandemic is uh, grinding down, there's more availability of social contact uh, it would be good to find a, a support group. Most large cities now have a, a chapter of CHAD, children and adults with ADHD. Perhaps uh, getting involved in a group like that would be one way of finding uh, a peer support group. 
other friends uh, can also be useful. They don't have to have ADHD to understand the situation mm-hmm. and maybe be a little helpful in providing reminders about a final exam coming up and things like that. So now we just talked about uh, college students and how colleges can help them with their healthcare. And so how can this time, how can healthcare providers themselves support uh, their young adult patients with managing their healthcare? This involves uh, somehow uh, educating and motivating the healthcare providers. But uh, things like uh, providing a hand, some of these things are becoming routine now with the printouts from the electronic medical record, for example, which uh, increasingly is provided to everybody at the end of uh, treatment, which will summarize the things that need to be done, including all the medications and when they're to be taken. That would be one useful thing. Another is to develop a list of referral sources for things that the healthcare provider is not able to give uh, to make available themselves to be able to refer people out for, for that to other providers. Uh, those are actually some really nice tips. I probably want to go ahead and write them down after this podcast. Do you have anything else you want to mention, uh, Dr. Arnold? I'm delighted. It was a pleasure to, to do this. I'm, I'm delighted it's being done because it's so important to make that transition successfully. Everybody needs a little help along the way. And those with ADHD may need a little extra, but it can be accomplished. So uh, I'm delighted to be able to contribute to that if I can. Uh, Once again, thank you so much for coming, Dr. Arnold, for being on this podcast. To find more information, tips, and resources for supporting teens and young adults with ADHD who are transitioning to adulthood, visit Chad's ADHD Toolkits at chad.org forward slash nrc hyphen toolkits. That's chad.org forward slash nrc hyphen toolkits. Thank you for listening to another episode of the All Things ADHD podcast from Chad's National Resource Center on ADHD.